Good morning and welcome to Better Thyself segment of Dr. Lamba's Awakening Call. Each one of us wants to be persuasive to turn the attention of the others, the attitude of others, to our way of thinking. And yet we fail. And we feel that shouting, overpowering the others, Using authority other ways to become persuasive, which it is not. It is a simple tricks which can make you more persuasive, exceptionally persuasive. And I call it the May Day rule. Most of the people think May Day to be the distress cry of an aeroplane, and that's why they say. The May Day, the aeroplane gave a May Day. Yes, it is. But the purpose of the word May Day being used was very specific. It was to use simple words to attract attention. And the originator of this word in use was Frederick Stanley Mockford. He worked at Croydon Airport, the first international airport in UK. In 1923, he was asked to come up with a single word that pilots could use on the radio to announce emergencies. Now, here is crucial. The word has to be fast, clear, and unmistakable. And his solution, they are probably seen in the dozen disaster movies, Mayday. Now, why Mayday? As he said at that time, Croydon was the only airport the first international airport and most of the international flight came from France. So he used a French expression for help that's made literally help me. And today people use Mayday, don't realize it's written, they just know I'm having trouble, please help me. So what's the connection to the emotional intelligence, being persuasive? It is that you can use the same idea Mockford came up with. And I call it a made rule to create simple, effective linguistic shortcuts. Even if you don't speak the language of emotionally intelligence just yet, the longer the short route is, simple. When I first started studying and writing about emotional intelligence years ago, I realized that this emotional intelligence comes naturally to me. Either I am blessed or burdened, depending on the circumstances, with a natural sense of empathy. Now, empathy doesn't automatically make me a nice person. I can be crude and rude, like anything, but it can make it easier to imagine that it might be like to be in other people's shoes. How to predict how certain words or experiences might affect them emotionally. But there are people for whom this doesn't come very naturally. So, if they want to work on their emotional intelligence, which is a highly useful aid to become persuasive in business and everyday life. That's what I want to say. You have to be highly involved. And if you want to work and be persuasive in business and relationships, even in your day-to-day -day relationship. Then you have basically learned to leverage emotions 
to make it more likely that you will achieve your goal. And there are two routes. The long route, which is to try and change the way they experience the world. Now, changing the way of others to experience the world is difficult. Because then they have to learn to see through other people's eyes and anticipate their emotional reaction. The shorter, which is to follow the Mockford example, memorize specific things to say or not to say that are likely to inspire emotional reactions, even if they don't have the time to stop and think about it. Now, I like the second rule for a couple of reasons, this Mayday rule. First, because you can get started immediately, right away. And second, because even though the focus is on the rote memorization in the beginning, it is the It's not only the memorization of certain words and phrases, but it is use or avoid such words that seem to lead people to absorb how they work emotionally, even if they don't articulate it. So you don't have to memorize the words, you have got to pick up the words, make them a part of your everyday vocabulary and use it. I'll give you one example. There's a phrase, thank you for understanding. Somebody's talking to you, you don't agree, you have given your idea and at the end of your idea you say, I thank you for your understanding. Now, it's a memorized phrase you can make it, but it changes you immediately. I challenge you to try using thank you for understanding instead of other things you naturally say. You always say, after you say, don't you think I am right? Don't you agree like that? No. We no normally tend to end a conversation or decline to do something, something, somebody offers you to do something and you decline to do it. And you say, I don't want to do it. And the phrases you use it are often apologetic when apology is not required. You might say, I'm sorry, we can't meet the deadline you asked for. You might say, I'm sorry, I won't be able to make the meeting you asked me to attend. And mostly I've seen the letters, we apologize for the inconvenience. But instead of that, if you say, after you have told a thing and then say, thank you for understanding, immediately you click. This should be your mayday rule. And the person would not be argumentative, would not be antagonistic, would not be anything. The people will understand that using apologetic languages when you don't really mean to apologize opens up to all kinds of unintended emotional reactions. For example, saying you're sorry for not being able to do something. Suggestion is that you actually want to do it and perhaps you can still be convinced otherwise. 
So you are opening two ways. Either that you are a person who doesn't want to help, or you need some other incentive. The moment you say, I have some limitations and I appreciate that you would understand it and I am really thankful to you for understanding my situation. This signals two things. The conversation is over. So no more discussions, no more second thoughts. Secondly, it also expresses gratitude for something that you hope the other person will do. And what will he do? Realize that you are not going to change your position. You know, people, when you say, sorry, I can't do it, then they try to, why can't you do such a simple thing? No. You see, thank you, I can't do it. I hope you understand my situation. And full stop. And they understand that you are being honest. Now, this avoids unintended reactions, minimizes the effect that negative emotions are likely to have on the outcome. Similarly, there is a super powerful phrase, one that is so potent that it almost feels as if you are cheating the other people. But it's hard to imagine almost any scenario in which you are trying to explain something to somebody, especially if they are emotionally involved. And this five-word question won't elicit a positive response. For example, you say, we are very disappointed in the service we received the last time we came to your business. Or you say, I'm having difficulty dealing with one of your products. Which one would be the best for me? I can't choose. Can we talk about a problem that I have at work that's making it harder for me to be productive? Can we talk? You are asking permission. But if I were you, I would use five simple words. Can you tell me more? That's it. And I can guarantee you go to any situation, start talking, and look at the person, make eye contact and say, can you tell me more? I'd love to hear something more, some more explanation. Guaranteed reaction would be positive. Now, I love this phrase because it does several things. First, it provides a reassurance to the other person that you are engaged, you are listening, and you are interested. And that will make the person, even if he is not interested, he might earlier be thinking that you are no good, and then say, immediately he'll be enlightened, like that. And then his ego is boosted. Then look here, this man is asking me to tell him something more. That means I'm a capable person. And when ego is boasted, he will listen to you. Second, it keeps the focus on the other person's experience and priorities with no effort on your part. You have just said five words. But the other person's experience and priorities have been focused. It comes into it. Thirdly, most important, it includes a built-in reminder that you should keep silence while others respond. What happens when we talk to people? We don't let them finish. We interrupt them halfway. But once you have personally said, 
tell me something more, then you have to be passive. You have to be listener. Not only hear, but listen. Try to understand the difference between listening and hearing. So this is a built-in reminder that you are to keep shut while they respond. So you will like get more information that can help you achieve your goals and at the same time the other person will feel that you are really interested. And then when you say something, he'll be persuaded. Now these are the two magic phrases which I've used, but then there are hundreds of more. I gave you just two examples. And they are easily memorized phrases as you can make them that accomplish similar project. The big question is that emotional intelligence isn't just about being nice to people. Making yourself more persuasive doesn't need a Himalayan effort. No. It's certainly not about injecting more emotions into conversation and decision. It is about leveraging emotions. You have got to leverage the emotion, establish a bridge between your emotion and the emotion of the other person. Find out the connecting link. And when you do it, both positive and negative emotions are leveraged, you can easily achieve your goal and become more persuasive. You can either develop your emotional intelligence the hard way, which most people do, or the easy way, the second way, try the major rule. Using persuasive phrases which excite others make others feel important. In fact, when you make the other person feel really interested, he will listen to you. It's a strange effect. It's like a boomerang. You throw it and it comes back to you. And that's what you have got to do if you really want to be persuasive, if you really want to ensure that you are, in fact, doing something, a favor to them, when in fact you are trying to get a favor. So this is a very, very dicey, but at the same time intricate issue. But you have got to be authentic, mind you, don't be fake. When you say, can you tell me more? And I hope you understand. Then you have got to be sincere. Your tone, your tension, your facial expression must be in tune with what you say. And believe me, you'll be really, really persuasive. And people look forward to talk to you, listen to you, believe you, have emotional, shall I say, link with your thought. Thank you.